So have you have you noticed I have been going through my uh, your memories on Facebook a lot more and sending you stuff? Yeah, yeah. I I this is when my Twitter was connected to my Facebook. I okay. tweeted <laughs> Seven is still one of the best movies with the best endings ever. Hashtag David Fincher, hashtag Brad Pitt, hashtag Morgan Freeman. Hashtag Kevin Spacey. For some reason, Kevin Spacey got the lowercase Kevin Spacey, though. I don't know why. Everybody else was at least capital letters on their initial, on their first initials and last okay. initials. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, don't know why I've been going through this a lot more, but my Facebook history is wild. I'll put it like that. <laughs> All right. Is very wild. I think I I always like to send you the things that I tweet to you or say to you as yeah, well, yeah. man. Um, usually things of like just got dope cookout yeah, with, yeah. with Javi and stuff. What was the last the one you put on there like a couple days ago? The hashtag in the text message. Did you? I then you were like you hashtag on Facebook? No, it was it, it was, was a in, text. Message. It was a text message. Yes. I took a picture of it and put it on Facebook because yeah. you humiliated me and I <laughs> in private and I needed to humiliate myself in public right. there. I so got you. I got you. <clears throat> whatever. How's your week been going, brother? Oh man, it's been pretty awesome so far. So far, so good. Good weekend. All right, man. Let's decent Monday so far. Yeah. Yeah. You uh get any work done? Uh a little bit of work. You did were off today, weren't you? Bro, it was awesome. I don't Yeah, like four holidays after you're off. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> My company's out there trying yeah. to make up holidays yeah. and stuff right, to get us off, man. That's awesome. Telling you, it is the yeah. best. Well, uh, Christina was off today as well. But I think she's still logged in for a little bit. She likes yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I did not. Definitely could have. Been out. Definitely should have. Big difference there. But my out of office message is going to be off tomorrow at like 745. So I say, hey, I work. I um, my auto out of office is on. Don't work. Yeah, makes sense. Simple makes as that. Sense. Simple yep, as yep. that. There, man. So good deal. Good deal. Well, brother. Um, what I think is that we should just go ahead and jump into this one because I'm really excited for this pod. All right. Anything else you want to say before we jump in? Let's go. Why I give you that after I give my last know, speech thing? Just, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean? Let's just let's just jump into it, man. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we are discussing channels for The Flash, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Episode 5 of The Last of Us, and our Movie of the Week, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Talk to me. Hey team. Check out our full trailer reviews on our YouTube page. All right, brother. So we finally have it. The Flash. Mm -hmm. Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for a life in order to save the future. Uh, We finally got a director, and it's Andy Muschietti from the It movies. All right. uh, directed, uh, Directed by him and written by Christina Hodson and... Uh, Joby Harold. 
Talk to me, brother. What are your thoughts about this trailer here? There is a lot going on. So much. Couldn't quite uh, keep up with everybody that was popping up in there. Um, But it looks like he's going to be making his big mistakes, right? Uh, As Barry Allen does. Barry Allen does, right? He, He thinks he's got a great idea and... Well, about half the time, it's it's not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so he's traveling. We got the Flashpoint. Get Michael Keaton. Probably going to see a few other people that are um, in and out. Maybe a few different timelines. Maybe. He's hitting a few timelines on his way through to get to this particular where his mom's at. Getting there for show. Oh, which would be fun. Um yeah, uh, just a lot. Just a lot to unpack. I'll say this, man. Um, <clears throat> it looks like a fun ride. Oh, yeah, it looks like a good time. Good time. I, I don't know if it's going to uh, change the face of the DC landscape forever like Black Adam was supposed to, <laughs> but... I think uh, this one is actually planning to do that. Oh, snap. <laughs> like this is this is uh I believe the plan to do kind of a reset. Oh. From rumors I have seen around rumors. This okay, so you know what would be awesome if this movie happens with Ezra Miller and then at the end we end up with Grant Gustin. Like if we can set that up, that'd be awesome. That's the dream. All right, let's let's talk about this. Movie. Let's talk about this trailer. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> so we got Ezra, and it looks like he's going to, like you said, mess up and try to fix it with the help of Ben Affleck as Batman, but more importantly, Michael Keaton as Batman. Right. Um, looks like he's going up against General Zod, and there's no enhanced. There's no superheroes in the world. So, yeah. Um, Except for Supergirl, apparently. I wonder how that how that rolls into. And that. it seems like like it seems like she was maybe locked up, and they got her out. Is what it looks right, like, right? Which is a thread from one of the uh, Flashpoint movies, um, Flashpoint comics. Excuse me. So, yeah, let's go, man. Um, we'll go check this out in theaters, and we will talk about it right on this pod, guys. So in Perfect. June. Perfect. We'll talk about it, man. Uh, we'll throw this on our socials. You're excited for this. It's finally almost here, guys. Uh, the return of not only Ben Affleck mm. as Batman, but the man, the myth, the living legend, Michael Keaton. Yep. The OG, all black Batman with that badass yellow emblem, yeah. man. So yeah. really excited. Yeah. We'll throw this on our socials, guys. Let us know your thoughts. All right. We have... Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Part 1, all right. The seventh entry in the long-running Mission Impossible series. JV. Wow. There's been seven of these bad boys starring old Tommy Cruise. Yeah. Well, this one's Part 1. How many of these have you... Part 1. Are are you a fan of this series? Yeah, I mean, I catch them. I don't don't know, uh, you know... Which one's which one? 
but I have watched a lot of them. So, like, <clears throat> the cool thing about these is it's literally like his James Bond movies. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, the earlier ones, like, one, two, three, four, and five were all just, like, separate missions. Yeah. Same, same. That's when he was a company man. That's when he was a company man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were, like, separate missions yeah. and stuff like that, right? These right. last couple of ones... um. They kind of have a kind of have like one villain, one like organization villain. Yeah. Um, kind of the same characters keep popping up, like not the team, but everybody. Else. So like, yeah. it's weird because like it started out as like a Tom Cruise version of James Bond 007 movies, right? Where they right. were always different, <clears throat> and then they saw the success of the Daniel Craig movies and was just like, hmm, gotta get some of that. We gotta get some of that. Like, where's a plot? There's a through line through all these movies and everything, right? Um. You know me. I'm a spy action junkie, so uh, I, I'm there. Yeah. There's so much going on in this trailer. I can't even really. I mean, he's just running. <laughs> it's just, those he's knees just, were so high, he's man. He's just getting it. <laughs> uh, so our trailer, not not much dialogue whatsoever. Oh, no. Just action scene, action scene, action scene. Oh, uh, and him running. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing is we do, we do have a lot of the returning characters. So uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, um, Palm Clementif, uh from Guardians of the Galaxy is actually going to be in here. We have Simon Pegg. We got Haley Atwell. Okay. Um, Carrie Ells is in this. So the awesome Ving Rames, Charles Parnell. Let's go. Um, Mark Gaddis. So like, there's a lot of good players in this, and obviously Christopher McQuarrie, who's just fantastic. He's starting to take the helm with these last few movies. Of, uh, he's actually the first to direct more than one gotcha. Mission Impossible movie, and this will be his third. Okay, and obviously Dead Reckoning Part Two will probably be his fourth. Um, I will say this, man: if you're going to do a Part One and Part Two, you got to end the series. You have to. Cruz is 60-something I mean, <laughs> years old, okay? I mean, this is this will be after part two. That's eight films, right? Yep. He's got he's got to pass Fast and Furious franchise, <laughs> man. He's got to get to 11. <laughs> got to get to 11. He's got to get to 11. Got to get to 11 here, man. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> I, I, ah, oh man, this, this is such a wild series. It's been going on since 1996. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing these since the 96, bro. Wow. Wow. So we will, uh, cause they don't come out like, they haven't been coming out like right after the other. They've been, no. They've been lingering around for a bit. He always does a few projects in between. Yeah. So the funny thing about, speaking of, um, Fast and Furious in, in this series, right? So every Tom Cruise will do a Fast and Furious movie, but he'll do a couple of projects in between that, all right? Um, but also Vin Diesel mm-hmm. will do a Riddick movie between all his, which, which flops, and he'll do... That was like, like three movies, wasn't it? That was, yeah, yeah. Like he's, doing, he, well, he's doing another one. Oh, really? Yeah, he, oh, they got wow. announced he's doing another one. But he also has like some one-off movie, mm-hmm. um, uh, the one where he was like the soldier, and he kept on like 
he's like a soldier or whatever, kept had these powers or whatever. It's like a dark horse comic. But then he was like a witch hunter a couple years ago as well between um, one of the fast movies. B- Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Bloodshot was another one. Yes, blo- that's the one I'm talking about. Though he okay. was like the military guy, uh, oh, okay. so it was blood. It was Bloodshot, and before Bloodshot, he was like the last witch hunter or something like that. Oh. He does these like one-off crappy movies yeah. Yeah. in between, like the only franchise that's given him a paycheck. You know what right. I mean? And then we have Tom Cruise, who's well, just Guardians. Part of Guardians. He does have Guardians. I, I will. Screwed. I will give him that. Yeah. Yes. But then we have Tom Cruise, who actually makes like. Fantastic films in between the Mission Impossible movies, yeah. and when those come out, they're fantastic still. So, he's been doing it forever, so he's definitely doing it right. And so, guys, uh, what is your um, thoughts on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One? Check out the trailer, we'll throw it up on our socials. Rad. Um, are you ready? For another Mission Impossible film, mm. Tom Cruise is almost seventy years old, guys. Mm. So, but we have uh, Harrison Ford about to go out there and do the yeah. damn thing too. So, his knees still looking good though. The knees, the knees looking good, bro. <laughs> looking <It's> sharp. Good. <laughs> All right, brother. Let's discuss The Last of Us, man. All right, Episode Five. Episode Five was cool, man. So we get. Uh, Joel and Ellie, and they are uh, trying to make their way and find Tommy, right? he's yep. Joel is looking to go ahead and save his brother because he didn't know what's going on. Yeah. Come to find out, his brother's doing damn good. Chilling. He's chilling, bro. <laughs> he, got it, he got it made right now. God, I got a beautiful wife. You know, he's got a his life in this, in this town. He got a baby on the way. Got a baby on the way, yep. man. Like, it is good, man. What were your thoughts of this uh, episode? Um, so this was another like episode about other people other than Joel and Allie for the most part. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. You know, he's wondering why, oh, I lost contact with my brother and come to find out it's because he's settled down in this community that is not using radios and stuff because they're trying to stay undercover, uh, noticeable. So... Joe just like, what's up, man? Yeah, <laughs> you just uh, chilling up here. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna let me know what's going on. Yeah. You, you know, text me, bro. Yeah, yeah we're about you. You know, being dead, things happening. You're over here just chilling in your house and stuff. That's cool. It's whatever. And excuse me, this is episode six. I apologize. Yes. So, um, yeah, man. So this thriving community in Jackson, Wyoming, man. Yeah. Uh, it's around Christmas time. It's cold, so it's around Christmas time, right? Yeah. Putting the tree up and everything. <laughs> Um, but this is an interesting man. We we see them together, but there's a lot of friction there. Oh yeah. Um. Joel needs to put Ellie in somebody else's hands that he trusts. Mm-hmm. The only person that he would trust, even though there's friction there, is his brother. Man, so yeah. there's this strange yeah. dichotomy that's going on in this episode, man. That is really interesting. We also see like. All right, Joel has panic attacks. So that that's what that is, panic attacks? It's got to be, man. Okay. It's got to be. Had like some kind of heart problems or something. I mean, it could co- found out about yet. It's probably got to I mean, it it could be, right? right but like right. to me cuz it's happened a few times. Well, I didn't know if you had some inside scoop on that or not. Mm, that I do not. I will I will right. I will say this, not a part of the game. 
There you go. Not a part of the there game at go. all. He's actually healthy as a horse the entire episode. Mm. I mean, the entire game yeah. until this part happens in the game at, at the end of the episode. So, um, <laughs> good health until that point. Good right? health yeah, until yeah. that point, but you know, you're bleeding out. So, uh, yeah, I will say I will say this uh, for fans of the game that I was expecting to see more video game type of a story. Uh, we're not getting that. Basically, when they go to the school mm-hmm. in the video game hobby, uh, Joel has to go berserker mode. Gotcha. And he fights like twenty guys. All right. Is that realistic in a show like this? Uh, they probably could have done something. Yeah. The interaction there was very minimal. But it was very, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? But I think the feeling of what happened, to me at least, how Joel goes down, it it, it hits the exact same, gotcha. right? Yeah, you, yeah. you have a... you. You love this character, right? You want this character to, to succeed and be whole again in, in some way, shape, or form. And then, um, you know, my man gets the end of a bat through him, so he's yeah. bleeding out, and Ellie's like, oh, shit. Yep. So, <laughs> um, and that's where we are left. Yeah, and we get another episode where it's basically just about people again. No, yeah. no, no infected whatsoever. Yep. So it's kind of weird, right? We start this, which I guess, even with the game, that's not a center point, right? The The infection is kind of, but it's not like, even in the game, it's more of all you're, the people, right? You're more, affr- like, in the, it's a scary game. Yeah. You're more afraid of the, because you almost can, like, you can keep the infected at bay in the gotcha. video game. You can move around the infected and not have to deal with them, right? Yeah. But, like... Jim Bob Fisher right there, like, he's gunning for you, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, they're traveling to an area where there's no infected, really. They're in the cold yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. So, to me, it's kind of strange. But, like I said, I don't know the story of the game much. Yeah. So, what I've seen so far kind of makes sense, right? You're more worried about people than anything else. Yep. Um. Yeah, and then we end uh, end with him uh, laying on the ground. Yeah, yeah. J- just go back to what you just said, man. Um, if you're looking at this like the infected are the villains of this story, yeah, they're not. Yeah, exactly. Right, they're just there. Well, they were in that one scene. They. <laughs> Where they all came out the ground. That was, were, that was really... They were, they were bad. <laughs> that, yeah, that was... That was awesome, though. That was awesome, yes. <laughs> um, that was... A, that, that bloater was real. That was yeah. a real... Yeah, we, I think yeah, we talked about that Humongous last dude week. in there. Yeah, just a six-foot-six guy. Just... <laughs> um, yeah, guys. I, I'm... It's a different story than the... They're, they're adapting a video game into an actual, like story that could really happen. Yeah. And that's what I like. Yeah, me watching it without the knowledge of the game, I'm really enjoying it. It's good. It's a show on its own. That's good. Um, Not noticing, you know, if something's different or whatever. But so far, it's been a great show. We've been said watch it last night at 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Fade up. 
<laughs> Coffee, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little so, tough, but we make it through. Yeah, yeah. Guys, are you still rocking with The Last of Us here? Uh, are you? If you're not seeing anything about the um, video game, what do you think Joel's fate is at this point in time with Ellie kind of out there by herself? Yeah. Uh, let us know, guys. We'll post this on our, our socials. This has been... Actually, one of my favorite episodes so far, man. Okay. Um, this was really good to kind of see Tommy's life yeah. and see them back together. But also, um, you know, Joel's kind of, those layers are coming undone. You know, he's not yeah. as rough and tough with her anymore. And he's starting to put more trust in her. And that, yeah. was, that was also cool to see. Yeah, we get to see his more caring side too. Yes. You know, uh, he was going to let her go off with Tommy and then decides. I got to no, do, do this. this. Yeah. Yeah. I got to make sure she stays safe. Definitely. All right, guys, let us know your thoughts. All right, brother, you ready to jump into this week's movie? Yes, sir. Bro, yes, I'm sir. really excited for this man. Awesome. Um, we have, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yes, sir. Dropped this year, literally Friday, yep. th- Thursday, Friday. I don't know when they do movies um, now. I don't sometimes. It gives like an earlier and earlier. Like, like 12 o'clock midnight on yes. Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. We're big fans of the Ant-Man series here, you and I. So uh, this movie is directed by Peyton Reed, becoming the first director to direct a uh marvel trilogy right yes uh the next one will be he's just leaving guardians of the galaxy all right uh it's also written by jeff loveness uh who writes on rick and morty so you kind of get that vibe (laughs) and we'll talk about that a little bit (laughs) we have a two million dollar budget so far, grossing two hundred and twenty-six point eight million. Nice. Starting this, we have Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Ant-Man, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, the Wasp, Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang. Uh, we have uh, David Dismalchian as Vabe, the little slime guy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that till I saw the credits. It was great. Um. And just a list of other people, uh, Katie O'Brien, William Jackson, uh, Bill Murray. The Murray. Bill Murray, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, and then Corey Stoll as Modoc, And, of course, <laughs> Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Yes, yes, yes. And one person that I want to mention because he is literally the lifeblood of the MCU, Yep, Randall Park. He's, he's on here. Jimmy yep. Woo, baby. It's Jimmy <laughs> you got, Woo, baby. You got to him before I did. <laughs> Oh, awesome, man. Go ahead and give us a quick synopsis of this flick, brother. So the Lang Pym family find themselves sucked in the quantum realm, and they encounter creatures and plants that they never expected to find. They uncover a lot of deep, dark secrets about Janet Van Dyne, which leads them to the big baddie, King the Conqueror. King the Conqueror. Uh, And at that point, we have the biggest subatomic battle of the MCU. (laughs) 
You know, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it so was like, humongous. So even when he got like big, right? Yeah. He wasn't that big. <laughs> Neither they were actually like still smaller than they've ever been before. <laughs> I did not even think about it like that, bro. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Like I knew they were like we're gonna talk about it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew when they were like in the quantum realm, the quantum realm was super small. Yeah. It didn't dawn on me that they were like boop. Yeah, yeah. Like, at all, man. So that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't understand how the physics works in <laughs> the quantum realm. Didn't miss that day in physics yeah. class, so Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Let's start at the top here. So we have Paul Rudd as Scott Lang slash Ant Man. Um, <laughs> just Love like first and foremost, he's just a dad, right? just a middle-aged yeah, dad, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He's just a very corny yeah. middle-aged dad. And he like, he loves his family. Mm-hmm. He, he loves his daughter. Um, but also he is this badass Avenger who can, Shrink in size and grow in size. Yep. So just very awesome. Um, he is an Avenger. Yep. And he wrote a book about his tales. Yes. <laughs> Which we get to hear him read some Which of in the movie. Which was fantastic. Oh, man. Just a good time, man. See, like, okay. The, the reason why Paul Rudd is the best for, like, these movies is you just look at Paul Rudd and it's just immediate joy. It, right. it is. I mean, I just, right. I just, I see this man. I'm just like, dude, my day was crappy, but like Paul Rudd, thanks, buddy. I'm just, I'm yeah. just in a better mood now, man. He has that smile, right. that, that that flair about him, man. And like, the tone of these movies is never like, uh, at least, especially the first two, was just never really like high stakes, like into yeah. the world type things, right? Because he's just a dude. He's just a dude. He, he's not a rich dude. He's not. <laughs> Anybody particularly special? Yeah, he's not an assassin or anything. He's just a dude. Yeah, who can break in? You know, he was a petty thief, man. <laughs> exactly, he can break into wherever he wants to. <laughs> so that brings brings him very down to to ground level. Uh, like I said, just a dad. Yeah, and, and that's what's enjoyable about him. Yeah, one of our ground level uh, Avengers, and yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that. So, <laughs> still wish he would have. Uh, he could have destroyed Thanos himself. Uh, yeah, we, we know. We uh, could have yeah. just, uh, you know, could have been a five minute battle. Could have done that to Kang, too, but you know. But did you notice that he was way away from uh, Thanos in that final battle? He was nowhere near yeah, him. You're right. Remember, you're right, yeah. Because yeah. he was down there in the underneath, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, he's the guy that has to, uh, they get sucked into the portal with his whole family, and they're in the quantum realm, and. He's his thoughts of this is why I started out with dad. He just wants to save his daughter. That's it. He wants to save his family. Um, anything else is just like icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like that's kind of the through line that I love about Paul Rudd as this character in this movie, man. And that's really all of them. They're all just there to save their, really to save Cassie. Yeah. I mean. uh same with Hope and uh, Hank and Janet. They're all, we got to save Cassie. Got to save Cassie. So we also have uh, the amazing uh, 
Evangeline Lilly yeah. back as Hope no, Van yeah. Dyne slash the Wasp, right? Uh, daughter of uh, Hank and Janet Van Dyne, um, who is the Wasp now. And she's living large. She has her own, like, uh, what, Van Dyne Foundation, and she's just doing the thing, man. Right. She uh, took over, right, uh, her father's business, yeah. basically. Yep. Um, she's just a badass. She's, yeah. She as, does a lot of work, too. As, like, as fun it is to see Paul, like, it's almost like they're both front and center, but obviously it's, like, it's still an Ant-Man movie. Like, everybody's right. going to call it an Ant-Man movie, but, like, they kind of go one for one. They kind of go one for one, bro. Yeah, yeah. She's so, a so, badass. So, like, every time he was doing something, she was right there. Yeah. Anytime he needed help, she was there. When she needed help, he was there. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole movie all the way to the end. They never really leave each other's side. She's a legit very strong character, mm-hmm. right? That's why she got side billing in these last two movies, right? Where yeah. it's like it's these two together, not just – like Scott Lang have to save the day, man. Yep. But she's in a situation, right? When they get into the quantum realm where she knows her mother, Janet is holding secrets. Yeah. But like, you know, so she's like, mom, you're being sketch as hell. <laughs> like the entire movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and like, you know, drip by drip, she does start to like tell what's going on, but there's some trust issues there. Mm-hmm. There were some Definitely. trust issues before because she's like, yo, let's talk about what happened down there, man. That's very healthy for us to, like, do that, like, mm-hmm. work through that through, through, through that trauma. Her mom's like, nope. Good. Yeah. Nothing. Turn that shit off. <laughs> and I'm, I'm real curious, too, <clears throat> like, how much time actually passed while they were down there when they come out? Well, okay. So... Time works different, right? Yeah, right. And Hope was a child when her mother left. Hope was a middle-aged woman, let's say forty, when her mother came came back. Yeah. How much time is that in the quantum realm? You think that's a day? She was there. Well, they said she was there for thirty years. Yeah. That was mentioned a lot. That, so, well, yeah, I think about th- she kept saying she was down there for thirty years. Yeah, but yeah. but we never got how many how much time was that in the quantum realm though? Well, when you compare, if I remember correctly, like when Scott comes out, I think he says like he's been gone for like five hours, right? But it's actually been five years on Earth. Oh, so, but you don't really know how long they were actually there in movie time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We don't know how long they were down there until yeah. they come back and go get back out that portal. Well, Hank did say it's been a crazy day. Mm. But, huh. you know, time, yeah, yeah. time is relative in, 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 in movies. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair enough. <laughs> time is definitely relative there. So, And you don't age, so that's awesome. So yeah. cool. that's why uh, Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd just looks like he's 35 yeah. still. Man. <laughs> he was on uh, uh, Armchair Expert this week's episode. Really? Yeah. I was I'm definitely to, checking that out. It's like, show. it's like two and a half hours long. Oh, perfect. Super <laughs> so excited. <good>. So <laughs> I think I made it about halfway through so far. 
Good deal. Good deal here. <clears throat> All right, man. So we have Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, a time-traveling multiversal adversary trapped in the quantum realm who needs pin particles to get his ship and an advice online that would allow him to go anywhere and win in time. Well, we've already seen one of these variants. Yep. Uh, the last episode of Loki, season one. Correct. Uh, as he who remains, the creator of the time variants. But we have, this one is, and you know, that he who remains gets killed off. Yep. And then we're left with, uh, we have Kang the Conqueror is the one that we get here in. You know, we meet him, and we're like, oh, okay. He was good at, at one point in time. Right. Like, you know, he, something, we're waiting for something to happen to, like, piss him off to, like, for him to, you know, go do and be yeah. the big baddie that he is supposed to be, right? Little little mind manipulation on Janet. No, he's just an asshole from the start, but he just yeah. doesn't tell her. Well, right? well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that persona of making himself look like he's a good guy kind of, or he just stranded is a manipulation on Janet. Yeah. To get her to help him. Yeah. But yeah, he's a terrible guy. He's a terrible just person. Terrible from the person. start. <laughs> uh, I think that he, Jonathan Majors himself as the character, like as funny and goofy as this movie was, and there was a lot of, goofiness in this movie maybe a little bit too much at times um he played it straight right he was like yo i'm the villain I'm, i don't i don't have a um sense of humor correct yeah. i have a job to do job is to basically destroy everything and i really enjoyed how much of him we had in this movie so much um we didn't have to big build a world to get to him he was there throwing punches right off the bat. Oh man, beast! Yeah, beast man. So I, what I what I love is like his. It looked like he was he had some like magical powers, right? He had the most advanced tech we've just ever seen. Yeah, right. This thing like we've ever seen in the MCU, man. Right. Uh, wild. Just how, like what device do you have on your wrist to to like basically crush Cassie and Scott when they're in the, the cell, the yep. holding cells or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, very wild. Uh, he's just a really fun character, man, and I, I think he's going to be, like you said, the big crossover movie villain like like Thanos. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm a big Jonathan Majors fan, and I think he's just going to crush this, brother. But also, this dude's got to play so many characters. That's the beautiful thing of it. I mean, just this movie was so many characters. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, could be fun, could be weird. We'll see how that goes. But he's got a lot of work to do. And on that end. Yeah, we're really, really, really excited for uh, the different variants of Kang. Yep. Because there's going to be 8,000. And I'm wondering, you know, are they going to be like um, taking down one here and there? One, you know, take out one king and another one pops up. Take out this king and another one pops up. 
kind of curious as to how that's going to work through his saga. Yeah. Or are we going to build up to like that 2025 Avengers movie? Yeah. Like are we building up to like an army of Kings coming at us? We got an army yeah. of ants, baby. Well, yeah. let's go. You're right. Advanced, let's go. <laughs> very advanced. Very ants. advanced answer. Huh? <laughs> uh, Just a few short hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's, you know, funny about this movie is you're in a world the whole time that you can do whatever. There are no rules in the quantum realm. No rules. No rules. So one person can be in one time for like the answer in some time for like a thousand years, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they just become an advanced society of ants. <laughs> and then they just show up and like, hey, we're here. Like, hey, we're going to save the day. Yeah. It's, Don't worry about his tech. We we'll take care of that. Because it's, it's, a, it's a, a realm where there's no rules. Yeah. So it's like, but this, that's what the beauty of it, like is written by the dude who does like the Ricky, Rick and Morty episodes yeah. where it was like, all right, we're going to create these rules <laughs> right here. Now crimple those up, throw those out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Cause like that doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, let's move forward here. We have, uh, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, uh, Scott Lang's 18 year old daughter who requires a suit similar to her father's. Um, it's a little, this is a little far-fetched, right? We go from Cassie as a kid at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. And then we get, after the blip, uh, we get Cassie as an adult, like let's say 16, 17 years yeah. old, whatever. Um, and then we get, now we have Cassie at 18, right? And Cassie at 18 is... She's like a freedom fighter type thing, right? Out yeah. there in the park and like rebelling, um, going to jail, but she uses pin particles for stuff like that. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, was very shrunk the police, police car, right? Um, <laughs> you know, and she's she just wants to be a fighter like Hank and and her dad. Yeah. Um. But Scott doesn't want her to. Right. I and I, he just wants her to be a kid, correct. And he wants to protect her, but she doesn't have that. She's like, no, I. We are meant for something more, right? Right. right. We she, have this technology. Yep. She we have to use it for good. Yeah, yeah, man. And that was kind of like her through line, and especially when she's in the quantum realm, her through line with the resistance fighters, right? Mm-hmm. Scott didn't give a damn about the resistance fighters. He was like, let's get the hell out of here. This is not our fight. She's like, no, this is our fight. We're yeah. here. We got to be here, man. So uh, she's going to be interesting t- to see moving forward in the MCU if they have anything for her. So, yep. Uh, but I did love the scenes where she kind of does, you know, do the do the Ant-Man stuff, but can't really <laughs> throw a punch. Was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she uh, is learning a lot right here. Like, she's just thrown into it. Yeah. So she has to be a superhero or not be a superhero. So she chooses to be a superhero and is okay at it. Yeah. She's yeah. okay. Yeah, she, she she gets some stuff done. Basically takes takes down uh, Modoc. Yeah. So. <laughs> Modoc. All right, here. Uh, real quick here, we got David Doshmalen. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah. As Veb, a slime-like creature that lives in the quantum realm. Uh, David previously played Kurt in the first Ant-Man yeah. films. Uh, 
Totally forgot about that too, that he, he did. But Vip was an interesting character because his slime, <laughs> if you drink his slime, like it was weird, right? Because yeah. you're like, all right, why do they want them to drink this? Like, mm-hmm. why are they forcing them to? And even Cassie's like, drink it, dad. <laughs> and then when you, it just makes them, it's like a MacGuffin to make them understand other yeah. people in the world. Yep. So that was really interesting oh. and really cool. Yeah. It was different. <laughs> a little, little comedy. Yeah. A little comedy part there. Um, and this, I mean, he becomes a, a character just, just, Comes back up and up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there was only like a couple that were really credited as far as those freedom fighters, and he was one of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other two, real quick here, we got uh, Katie O'Brien as Gentora, a freedom fighter rebelling against Kang's oppression yep. of the communities in the quantum realm. She's kind of the leader of the resistance. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, her whole thing was like, this is our home. You basically drove us out and trying to kill us. Mm-hmm. We're going to take it back any means necessary. And then we got a uh, William Jackson Harper as uh Quaze, a telepath who lives in the quantum realm, man. Just another great small, small time character mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, but yeah, he pops know, up at the perfect time, pops up at the perfect time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, those are our uh, freedom fighters there. We got Bill Murray as Lord Krylar. Bill Murray. We built Bill Murray just to hop into a humongous franchise for minutes. Hey, man. And just be awesome. Just, just be, be cool. awesome be at cool. it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the man who doesn't have an agent, right? This is yeah. the man who just kind of, if you get a hold of him, there's like, oh, you want me to do the movie? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> right? Like, he, he doesn't do that normal Hollywood. He hasn't in forever. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> You know, he he famously says that he wished he didn't pick up the phone for Garfield, right? Like so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I loved seeing him, man. Yeah, it's always a good time when you see Bill Murray. Yeah, because he just comes in and he's going to be who he wants to be. I think as his character, you know, it's a character we've never seen before, and we're not going to see again. Yeah. So I'm sure it was just a. Here's your script. Make make it happen. He was make just, it happen. He was just a cool dude. Man. <laughs> awesome. Really enjoyable there. Mm-hmm. All right. So just the uh, three more, three more I want to talk about here. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, Janet Van Dyme, uh, Penn's wife, Hope's mother, um, who was the OG wasp. And was in the quantum realm for those 30 years. Says it right right here. Oh, yeah. With those 30 years, though, um, she basically helps – uh, she does a lot, right? She <laughs> yeah, does she a does. lot. Yep. She gets there. She almost lets King go, but doesn't um, stops him. She uh, rolls out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> blows out of there. Yeah, <laughs> has a relationship with Lord Kryler. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, fights against King mm-hmm. down there, and then eventually gets gets out of there. Yeah, it's gone. No Deuces. So this is I'm back home, baby. I'm mm-hmm. in San Fran. So. Uh, but she's the one who's holding a bunch of secrets that she's not really telling the family. Um, and she's kind of that driving force yeah. through the film there. I did like that Michelle Pfeiffer had a bigger role in this, right? Like it was centered around her time in the quantum realm. Yeah. And 
She pick up that steel, man. She know what what she's doing, man. <laughs> so yep. she knows she how to how to shoot and fight. So that was really cool. Uh, Corey Stahl is Darren Cross slash Modoc. Uh, we thought we saw the last of this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. At the end of uh, Ant Man twenty fifteen, uh, but he becomes this humongous head in a very 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 tiny body, uh, and becomes Modoc. Uh, little, little hands, little arms. Little hands, little arms. Or little little legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I I will say this. Um, I've never been like a fan of Modok at all. Modok is usually like yelling about world domination, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that in the comics and in like any kind of of the TV shows and everything. More of an annoying character. So that's why it's like almost perfect that the MCU takes brings back Darren Cross for this because Darren Cross was just an annoying villain from the right. start. Right. <laughs> He's an annoying guy. Oh, yeah. Um but then you kind of see the layers kind of come undone. And then just that ending scene is just like <laughs> Yeah <"Not> an Avenger. <laughs> yeah. He's all right. You're an Avenger. <laughs> all right. And we got um Michael Douglas says Hank Pym. Uh <laughs> He, what What is Hank Pym not? He's a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, entomologist, physicist who becomes the original Ant-Man after creating the suit there. Yep. One um, is Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is just cool. Very cool. Right? Very cool. And he doesn't have to do much in this movie. He really doesn't do much. But the little bit that he brings is just like, dude, the legend Michael Douglas on screen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my favorite is uh, when they're just kind of sitting around the table talking. Yeah. And then there's the clues, like, about how <laughs> Janet and uh, um, Krylar, Krylar yeah. had a little thing going on. <laughs> he gives them the, the worst looks. It's so good. But, yeah. like, what I would have liked to see. Yeah. And who knows what the future is, right? I would have loved to see a, a young Hank Pym Ant-Man movie. Right, I'm talking like old school with like the ant helmet oh, with yeah, like yeah, the tentacles yeah. and everything, man. <laughs> That's what I want to see, right. man. That looks that would be dope. We have the technology. We have the technology. Yep. Just gotta sign a Michael Douglas for three movies. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk about just this this world for a second, man. Um. You know, we're in San Francisco a little bit, but San Francisco could be anywhere. Could have been Atlanta for all, all we know. Um, <laughs> right, right. But really, the quantum realm itself, man. Like, when I saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, okay, they're, it's the MCU. They're notoriously known for, you know, pushing their uh, CGI creator guys or whatever right. to the brink and, like, long nights to like make these deadlines and everything. So things kind of look like shit sometimes. Oh yeah. In some movies, yeah, right? Happen, like yeah. we, we look over it because you know, we love the franchise or, or we protest or we protest. <laughs> but, um, the, the quantum realm, it looks like lived in. It looks real, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks full. It looks vibrant, colorful, um, a little scary in in some places, oh, yeah. right? And oh, there's yeah. and you see the different worlds where you first meet the resistant fighters to where, um, 
Hank, uh, the, the Pims and Van Dynes kind of get their ride where that was like a yeah. sand type area, right? Yep. To, to Kang's kind of fortress, man. Like, um, you get so much, man. So much good, like set development in, in here. Yeah. I know a lot of it was like backdrop CGI and stuff, but everything looked and felt really, really awesome, man. To Agreed. me. So that I, I really enjoyed that part with the they, production. Like they worked hard. They gave us a lot of dimension. Yeah, that's a, a good lot word. Of, a lot of depth in yes. the environment when you're in it with them. Yes, not just, you know, hey, I'm behind a green screen, yeah, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it almost seemed like they used the technology from like Avatar, not as well, obviously, but where it was more that than and less of just like a blue screen behind them, right? From a lot of behind the scenes Avengers or Marvel that I've watched, like on Disney Plus and stuff, they typically have a good set, and then it's the the for the be the foreground or the far where you know behind them. The background, yeah. Yeah, it's usually the the distance is what's more CGI than anything. And that's what looks crappy most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this one they gave you a lot of lot of that background. Yeah. And let you see further away than you know, oh, it's you know, buildings and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and that was really cool, man. So they did a fantastic job. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music itself is nothing to kind of shake your, your leg at or whatever, but, uh, I will say Christopher Beck did, did his thing, man, especially with, uh, kind of the theme of like Kang. Yeah. Where it was just like, oh, it was a badass. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> it was, a, a march. Kind yeah. Of thing, like yeah. Your, uh, your Darth Vader's <laughs> and such. And I think that's the vibe they're going to yeah. go with, man. You know what I mean? You need your legendary baddie music. Yep. Here, here we go. All right, brother. Um, got a theme for this one, man. Oh, all right. All right. Um, where do you go from here? Right. Uh, Scott is, you know, been an Avenger. He's saved the world. He's done it all. He wrote a book about it. Um, he has his loving family now, and they're just trying to enjoy pizza nights. Um Right. Are you settling or are you doing more? Right. And I think now at the end of this movie, Scott puts himself in a position to be like, yo, I have to do more, man. I just can't be this guy. I want to have to trust more and I have to be more of, you know, Scott Lang, but more of Ant-Man. The world needs Ant-Man. And he also does a lot of thinking. Like like at the, at the end where, uh, Where he's all excited and happy, and all of a sudden it's like doom comes over him. <laughs> he's like, "Did we? Did we finish him? Is he is he gone or is he not gone?" Uh, so that kind of lets you know that he's actually thinking about more of the superhero side of everything, which is good. Yeah, which is enjoyable there. So, all right, James. So that's our conversation about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. JV. Go ahead, give us your thoughts and ratings, sir. So I had a really good time in the quantum realm. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of comedy, you know, as some of the comic movies, there's some little bit, some spots that are usually too much. Yeah. Uh, But everything else kind of rolls over that as far as the action. Like I said, the CGI was great. Um, 
all these actors are, you know, top tier. They're all top tier. And it was a good, and, and keeping with the same directors as mm-hmm. well, really kept a good flow from the other movies. Uh, this will get four out of five buckets of popcorn for me. And I can't wait for this one to start streaming so I can watch it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you, brother. What about you, man? I'm right there with you, man. I'm going to say uh, four buckets of popcorn. Nice. Uh, this was just a fun time. Oh, yeah. It was just, once again, it was just great to see Paul Rudd on screen again as Scott Lang. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, that was just really, really fun for me. Uh, what was even more fun is that we got, like, you take and the Ant-Man franchise, which is a smaller franchise in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um and you introduce the big baddie. Yeah. Right? We we got introduced to Thanos at the end of Avengers, and then we got uh, introduced to the Thanos that we're going to see and hate at the end of the uh, at Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, bigger franchises within the MCU. The fact that it's an Ant-Man, that's a lot of love and attention that Kevin Feige was like, yo, we can do it here. And we're going right into it. Yes. Like, there's no, there's no build-up to, no, like, to King in this saga. It yes. was right in. Right. Yep. Like, Loki left us off, like, think weird, feel, feeling, like, weird about this Kang guy, but also thinking, being, like, afraid of this Kang guy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, pretty exciting, man. No, this movie was fun. Uh, it was a quantum realm that was definitely lived in. You could see that. Van Dyne was there for 30 years. Yeah. Um, that was something we talked about too in the trailer review was like, this is a new a new place. Yeah. And Hank mentions that too when he gets there. He's like, this is nothing like we've researched. Yeah, exactly. So that was interesting to, yeah. that that was brought up. Yes, sir. Um, f- four Buckets, man. Four buckets. Uh, this is a fun, fun movie. Uh, definitely recommend seeing this in theaters. Oh, yeah. Um, on the biggest screen possible. It is a fun ride. And, like, my favorite is that Scott and Kang, they just go fisticuffs at the end, man. Oh, yeah. Just hang No tech. Let's just go. Right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Four buckets, brother. All right, Jamie. Thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, talking through Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Next week, we'll be discussing the Elizabeth Banks-directed film, Cocaine Bear. That'll be playing in a theater near you. Like always, I'm Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I'm Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. J A 200 Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And keep watching.